Welcome to Season 5 of the HSCT Warriors Podcast, bringing voice to the journeys of HSCT Warriors Worldwide. I'm Dr. Jen Stansberry Koenig, or Zen Jen, moderator of meaningful conversations and convener of community. I continue to find so much gratitude for all the warriors willing to share their stories with us. And so whether you are or know someone who is battling multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes, scleroderma, lupus, or any of the multiple autoimmune diseases that HSCT can halt, or are simply inspired by transformational journeys, you're in the right place. As we continue to grow, the HSCT Warrior Community illuminate the invisibilities of autoimmune disease, recognize the possibilities of a future free from disease progression, connect through our shared experiences, and advocate for an inclusive society. I'm so glad you've joined us. Here we are. Yes, finally. Welcome, Michelle. <laughs> Thank you. So Thank great you to for talk. having me. So great to talk with you. Yes, you too. Thanks so much for sharing your story with us on the podcast. You're welcome. It's very important to um, to spread the word of HSCT and hopefully help some more people out there. That's always the goal, right? And I appreciate yeah. you sharing your story. So you were one of the last to go through HSCT in Chicago, right? Yes. My uh, stem cell birthday was in May of last year. Yeah, Dr. Bird, I think, took his sabbatical right after June, maybe sometime. Definitely by the fall. I think he was finished up with everything, with follow-ups and all by uh, the end of the year. So, yes, I was very fortunate to have squeezed into that one of the last groups before that shut down for a while. And so what do you do with follow-up? Like, can you still schedule appointments in Chicago? I believe so, but I am going to be having my follow-up here in my home state and then um, just get the information up there. So you'll send your reports to Chicago and he'll review those or you still get to be in touch with him? Yes. I mean, I think if there's anything going on, of course, they're available to be reached by telephone or email, but... um, as long as I'm feeling good and, and everything looks good on my follow-up, there's, there's really no need to, um, to go back up there. I, I may in my three-year follow-up or five-year or, or whatever, but, um, you know, with everything going on up there right now, I'm not sure I'd want to be there right now anyway. <laughs> well, in terms of COVID, you mean? and Yes, COVID and all the riots and, and all that, so yeah. I guess I could also, I mean, I'm coming up on three-year anniversary, which is hard to believe. And oh my gosh! I mean, I guess I'm still considered a patient of his, even though I was off study. So you were treated yeah. on, on, st- off study or on study? On study. So I, um, actually it worked out very well because my insurance company approved me to pay for the procedure and it all moved along very quickly and and efficiently. So I was very lucky there as well, not only with the timing, but um, with that aspect too. Sure. Did you get a little coaching on your 
insurance process? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> I might have heard some tips and tricks, but... Um, well, yeah, tell yeah, us how you even came to find out about HSCT. Well, so Jen and I were uh, went to the same high school long, long ago, right? Indeed. <laughs> well, not too long and, ago. <laughs> Right. So we reconnected a couple, two years ago, I guess, two or three years ago. And you had had the procedure done. And, um, well, let me back up. I didn't realize that you had multiple sclerosis and you didn't realize that I did either. Yeah. We reconnected and talked about it. And, uh, you know, it's a small, crazy world. And you had just had the treatment done. Um, maybe a year before that and were telling me about it. And I thought, Oh, you know, that, that sounds great for some people. But at the time I was feeling really good on my medication and things were going well. And I just kind of put it in the back of my mind. And, sure. Um, I remember telling you, like, I'm not trying to pressure you or anything. I just yeah. want you to be aware. <laughs> exactly. And I appreciated that. And of course, as I got sicker and sicker, as one does with MS, um, even with medication, I came back to you and said, so tell me more about this HSCT thing. <laughs> so yeah. So you were where it all started. Which med were you on and how long had you been on it before you started feeling real lousy? Well, okay. So let me back up to the beginning. I was diagnosed in March of 2011 with relapsing remitting MS and was told basically this is, you know, you're going to have this for the rest of your life. You're going to have to take medication for the rest of your life. You're never going to get better. You're only going to get worse slowly, but surely. And you will have physical and mental problems that will never go away. Wow. Okay. There's a, there's a death sentence in your early thirties, right? Yeah. How did that feel? (laughs) Not so good. Um, I remember just feeling kind of lost and, um, I mean, I had support, but not from people who truly knew what it was like. Like I didn't know anybody at the time that had MS sure. and was dealing with those issues. And in the beginning, I didn't really know what, how I would be affected anyway. So that was all part of the journey. Yeah. Everyone is um, affected so differently. And even if the doctor right. is revealing to you that this could you know, be progressive and take you down. It's, there's no way to tell how quickly or when or how. Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of, um, you know, touch and go. My, I was diagnosed because of the optic neuritis I was experiencing. And of course, you know, they pump you full of steroids and that goes away. And, um, my biggest things were brain fog and fatigue. Um, the, the mental issues were really bad for me. And so I started on, you know, the sub Q injectables that everybody starts with and would be good for a little while. And then, uh, it seemed like the meds would just stop working. Like I would start feeling worse and I would have a relapse and then they would put me on a different medication So I steadily got to the point where the progression of the disease was speeding up and I had gone through many different medications. I won't say all of them, but, you know, 
by the end, I think I had gone through maybe eight different medicines to treat my MS. Each with their own side effects, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. That's, um, you know, I, I never, there were times that I felt decent, you know, after I switched to a different medication after a while, I would start to feel better, but I never would say that I didn't have symptoms. You know, I always had something going on. And so Oh, maybe my the last one that I tried was an infusion, and I don't ever think I felt better after taking that. I I just felt bad the whole time, and of course I gave it a few different injections to see. You know, maybe I'm just feeling bad; it'll get better, and it just never did. And so I um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about when you like when you say? you were feeling bad. What did, what all did that include? So for me, like I said, it was a lot of fatigue and brain fog. There were times that I just, I just was not able to, like, I felt like I was in a dream. That's the best way to explain it. I felt like things were just happening and I wasn't really fully with it. (laughs) And I was just so exhausted that I, I would have to just lie down on the couch. And uh, that was really hard for me mentally, because I always want to be doing something. I want to be up moving around. And if you're on the couch, you're lazy. And, you know, I just didn't want to take that time to myself to, um, to rest and rejuvenate like I truly needed to do. I would sleep all the time. I couldn't, get enough sleep. Um, and I knew that was fine. I needed sleep, but it just got to the point where it was ridiculous. And I just felt bad. I, I don't really know how to explain it other than just bad, kind of like Run a down. Flu, Yeah. Know? Right. Exactly. And that is tough, right? Like that's not a high quality of life. It's not, you know, and especially, at a time in my life when I should have been enjoying friends and family and, and going out and doing things. And I just wasn't able to, it was, it was very sad actually. Well, yeah, it's hard to make plans and then get to the day yes. of the plan and then realize I just, I can't make it. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Right. It, it's important to take that time for self care, but Gee whiz, that gets it really gets old. It does, and you know how it is. You you can you turn down plans so many times, and people stop asking, and and you just it just made you feel bad, really. Yeah, and isolated. Yeah, exactly. Luckily, I have the support of my family. They totally understand, but um, you know they're they're glad that I've come out of this whole thing on the other side and feeling much better and much more like myself. I've heard a lot of that since HSCT that I'm, I'm more like I used to be. So that's a nice thing to hear because I, I wondered, would I ever really feel like myself again? Would I feel like me? And, um, yeah, I've had more than one family member say that I really, I'm kind of getting back to my old self. So that's awesome. Well, and they know you best, right? And and they, it, yes. for them to notice the difference, it says yeah. a lot. It does. 
And so you found HSCT after you were feeling pretty lousy and had a relapse. And I, I do remember you calling to say, I think it's time, right? I, th- I mm-hmm. think it's time to go through HSCT, but we've got some questions and it'd be great to get together, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a big, a big deal. Um, I'm one of those people who, when I put my mind to something, I just go for it. And so I never questioned um, whether I was making the right decision. I felt in my heart, in my gut that I was. I knew that and I knew that everything would work out. Um, But of course, it's scary. It's a big, it's a big deal. And for my neurologist to tell me when I asked him about it, um, what about this HSCT? What do you think of it as an option? And, you know, for him to tell me that I was, it was not an option. There was nothing he could do for me. And basically, you know, good luck because you could die from it. That makes it a little bit scary. Of course, I had a lot of questions for you and directed me to some websites and, material to read. And, and that's when I jumped in, I said, Nope, I'm not going to take that for an answer. And I'm going to, I'm going to do this and this is going to work. <laughs> it's so t- And it is, it's so tough to question your doctor or like, I think in our country, at least we're kind of not trained, but I think the expectation is that you, you know, follow doctor's orders. And so mm-hmm. it's, very brave for you to not take his no for an answer and take things into your own hands. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if brave is the right right word, but I, you know, I've never been one to just trust somebody blindly, even though, yes, he has a lot of experience. He's, I don't doubt that he's a good doctor, but I really needed someone to kind of, guide me down a different path and to do what was best for me. And, um, so I'm glad that, you know, I talked to you and you kind of, like I said, showed me what to take a look at and, and went from there. Always happy to support, especially when it comes to finding out, um, more information, right. And just getting educated and connecting because I think you do have to make that decision for yourself right? Everyone needs to come Mm -hmm. to that ultimate decision for themselves to go through the procedure because it is such a significant procedure. Like it can't be, well, I'm here because somebody told me to be here or, you know, I'm, I'm in this for my family or I'm in this for my husband or it's really truly got to be for yourself. Right. And and if I didn't believe it 100%, I would not have done it. I mean, because that's, you know, you're looking at time away from people and your job and um, it's a big commitment, just not only the procedure itself, but the logistics of it. How do I get up there? What, you know, what's going to happen? Who's going to take care of the house? Who's going to do this? Who's going to do that? And so it's, uh, yes, you got to Make up your mind and just do it and trust that everything will work out, I think. I do remember that being one of those concerns in one of our early conversations, I think, when I first got back from Chicago. I think maybe I had started the podcast and you had listened and you and you called me about it. 
or somehow we connected, but I think I remember that being a concern of yours when we were first talking that you just didn't know how you could get away from work and make the time for it because you were concerned about being away for so long or being kind of out Mm -hmm. of touch and that uncertainty of like, when can I get back to work? I think that it weighs on a lot of people's mind. Um, How quickly were you back to work? I mean, I was doing work while I was in the hospital and as an independent contractor, Uh, kind of working from home, it just, like if I had the brain power to do it, I was, I was trying to contribute to projects. So like, I don't yeah. feel like I ever really took a lot of time off of work, but other, no, other, <laughs> other jobs are different. So how soon were yeah. you back to work? Well, you're, you're tough. I'll say that. So, um, I, I had a job that I had to physically go to. So it was a little bit different. But very, yeah. Very I, different. I believe I only, I think I went back to work two weeks after I got home. From treatment. Wow. So it was pretty quick. And yeah, my employer, you know, they were, they were great. They were very understanding of what was going on and, and supported me as well and told me to take all the time I needed. Don't rush to come back because we don't want you, you know, getting sick again and, and then being gone for even longer. So that was very nice. I, I got a lot of, as much time as I needed, but after those two weeks, I, decided I felt fine. And, and I did, I, I don't regret that going back after two weeks. It, um, but you know, again, that's a personal thing, just like absolutely any other part of the disease or any autoimmune disease. It's just, you have to do what you feel is right for you. And, and it worked out for me. Yeah. That's amazing. Truly amazing. Like in my mind, I, if I were doing the jobs I had before I became an independent contractor, if you will. Um, I don't know that I would, I I don't know. It's so hard to say, right. It is such an individual thing. Like, and it truly does depend on the job and, and what you're doing and how exposed you are to other people and, Mm -hmm. and how safe you feel, especially in these times of COVID. I think everything is a little different. Oh gosh. I can't even imagine being, there right now or trying to go through treatment or even thinking about it right now. I mean, I'm just so lucky that I got to go when I did. Sure. And then I interviewed someone just for the season opener a few weeks ago, and she was one of the first treated at the beginning of June down in Mexico. And she said just all of the new layer, like added layers of protection and safety Mm -hmm. because of COVID helped her feel safe. She's a nurse by trade. And she said the care and everything they did was tremendous. And ultimately, she didn't feel any more at risk than usual. That's great. Yeah. And so, I mean, in my mind, it does kind of make sense. Surely every clinic that is looking to start back up their HSCT programs are taking those precautions seriously. And I think ultimately then it's just a matter of coming home, right? And then in that neutropenia, like being safe about what you're eating and and washing your hands all the time. And mm-hmm. well, and I'll slow down because I I do want to talk about if you had a memorable experience during your time in Chicago. Hmm. Oh, but the whole thing was memorable. In fact, 
um, I still vividly remember everything uh, that I went through. Um, I, I don't know that I can pinpoint one thing. Of course, you know, we all get excited about the the stem cell transplant. That's the that's the big crescendo. Yeah, right? that's, that's why we're there. Day. Yeah. Um, so that, of course, is um, probably the, the happiest moment out of the whole thing. So, yeah, I guess I would say that was the most memorable. Well, and so did you start to notice a difference in your brain fog, if you will, or the dreamy state? Yes, um, pretty much right away. Um, I felt like, I mean, of course, I was still tired from the chemotherapy and all the other medication, but um, I definitely noticed that I didn't struggle as much to keep up with everybody. It wasn't so hard to think about my day and not get tired just thinking about my day. <laughs> so I was able to plan things and, and do things and just, in fact, I remember I had a lot of energy when I got back, um, physical energy. So that kind of propelled the, the brain power as well, so to speak. Sure. Um, yeah. If you have energy to yeah. get up and move and get exercise and fresh air. Yes. And I definitely, you know, tried to move as much as possible and walk and just kind of, you know, take care to get those muscles moving again, because, you know, being in the hospital for that long, you kind of start to feel a little bit weaker. And so I would get up and move around a lot more. And, you know, very quickly, I could, you know, keep up my when I was walking and, and doing other activities. So I, I feel like I recovered really quickly, actually. That's wonderful. Do you like attribute anything else to that quick recovery, like diet or? Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. I think diet is always really important, um, not only for recovery in this kind of situation, but lifestyle in general, um, I tend to eat a really, uh, well, people would call it a weird diet maybe, but um, <laughs> I think not eating a lot of sugar and carbs and, and trying to eat healthy is really important, especially for me. I know it made me feel a lot better, and I honestly think it helped me get through HSCT without a lot of reactions. I did not get sick um, from the chemotherapy um, I had a very easy time with that compared to other people. So um, I really think that the way I eat has a lot to do with that. Sure. And you, you're you more paleo-ish, right? Yeah, I do the keto thing. So it's um, high fat and low carb, very low carb. So, um, you know, our brain is made up of fat. We need to eat fat. So that's it works for me. I know people think it's strange and... It may not work for everybody, but I, I found that it makes me feel a lot better and I'm going to continue to eat that way and until it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I remember people asking me like, well, so now that you've been through transplant, you can go back to eating things you like. And I'm like, mm, I'm not interested. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't crave sugar anymore. And so I'm really not interested in going back yeah. to what didn't work. Right, because 
Yeah, I, I think that's interesting you say that because people have asked me that too. Are you going to go back to eating normal or whatever, they, whatever <laughs> word they use? I'm like, well, no, I mean, this makes me feel good. So why would I, why would I go back? Yeah. What is normal? This is my normal. Yeah, for sure. So were there any other essential components for you in your Chicago journey? Um, like how did testing go for you? And clearly you were qualified to go through transplant. And while we're all mm -hmm. sad, Dr. Bird is taking sabbatical, rightfully so, right? I mean, he deserves time to you. Yes. And I know he's not resting. I know he's writing. Yeah. And he's trying to publish his research. And I believe publish a textbook. But um, it's just interesting to think that the hope out there to open up new clinics mm -hmm. across the country as these clinical trials roll out, hopefully they will inspire more clinics to pop up. But anyway, um, what was it like to be there with Dr. Burt and be in Chicago so close to home, which for you is in Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, I, I was just so thankful, um, and, and will be for the rest of my life that things worked out the way they did. I'm, I'm a firm believer that things work out for a reason. And this was prime example of that. I mean, I, I got treated by the person who invented this protocol of combining chemotherapy with with other immunosuppressants and treating autoimmune disease. I mean, who else has such a high success rate? And I mean, he's been doing this for 20 something years. So um, I was very thankful to get treated by Dr. Bird up in Chicago. The staff is fabulous. Um, I mean, I just, I felt so well taken care of. I knew I was in great hands and that just put me at ease. Um, but yes, you were talking about the testing. Of course, there's always little bumps along the way. Um, I, you know, you go up for the evaluation and then you move to the testing to make sure your body can handle everything. And there were a couple tests that, you know, I got a little bit upset over because at one point there was a question whether I could actually move on, but, um, it, it all turned out that it was fine and, um, that I could get treated. So, I do Overall, remember that. it was fine. Yeah. You were a little bit nervous, but you also handled it with, it you know, we'll just, I think we'll take it as it comes and we'll see what happens. Exactly. I mean, you don't want to, that, that's why they do the test because, you know, if something is wrong, God forbid, you don't want to add all this, uh, all these toxins and poisons on top of that and do some damage. So, um, very grateful that they have the testing protocol that they have in the first place. Sure. Well, and as you mentioned, like just all the considerations and factors in terms of going there and then coming home and the time it takes. And then I think about people that travel internationally and show up yeah. in the testing and something shows up and how devastating that must be for them if they oh, can't gosh. go through treatment. Yeah, I can't even imagine that. But yeah, so that all worked out and, um, I had, you know, my husband was able to stay up in Chicago with me half the time and my mother-in-law came up there the other half the time with me and, uh, my family was 
here at home looking after everything. So um, it was, yeah, I was very well supported all around. That's for sure. That's very, very fortunate. Yes. My heart goes out to those people that don't have family or I know. feel like they have the time or um, even have to go through it alone. I think it's great to have a companion or a caregiver with you with you there through transplant. I mean, it's great. Your husband was there with you. Did he make it there for your um, stem cell birthday? He did. He got to be there with me. So that's a very happy moment in my life that I've now I've shared two very special moments with him. <laughs> yeah. Our marriage and my birthday, right? Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's like a rebirth. <laughs> Yeah. New life ahead. And that's great. You get to share it with him. Right. <laughs> and so you're just a little over one year out. Yes. And how are you feeling? I'm feeling great. I am. I'm still surprised. Some days I have to go back and remember, oh my gosh, I felt so bad um, two years ago, three years ago. And now it's like, I don't even, I mean, I remember, but it's almost like my body doesn't remember what I felt like being so fatigued every day and just honestly depressed because of what was going through my mind and going on with my body. And I have to remind myself of that. Oh yeah, I had MS. I don't, I don't know if I consider myself having MS anymore, I certainly don't feel like I have the symptoms. I don't feel like I used to. Um, my MRI is coming up soon, so that will tell me if I've got any lesions. But I would honestly be very surprised if I did the way that I feel now. That's incredible. Yeah, I I really feel great. I yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know whether I would consider myself an MS patient or not at this point. That's so fascinating. And so are you going back to the doctor who told you not to pursue it when you get this MRI? <laughs> I considered it. After, after I get my MRI, I may do that. And I may show him, look, remember what you told me? I don't have MS anymore. We'll see. We'll see how cheeky I'm feeling. <laughs> so, so you found a new doctor to schedule this MRI with? Yes, yeah, um, with, my, with my GP. So if um, if there are any issues that come up on the MRI or um, any other symptoms or concerns that um, happen between now and near future, then obviously I'll find another neurologist, but... Um, for the time being, I don't need a neurologist, honestly. So did you just follow up with your general practitioner? You mentioned your GP. Have Have you seen a hematologist or any other specialist post-HSCT? I haven't. He has been, he ordered all the tests that, um, all the blood work and everything when I came home. And he's kind of been the liaison between here and Chicago. So he has pretty much managed everything from home. Um, so yeah, I think if, if there are any issues, he can get me to a specialist if need be. But for now, I, I really don't need that. That's incredible so, as well, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, Hey, the fewer doctor appointments, the better, right? 
Indeed. Well, and the fewer bills that we rack up. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what is the shift now? Like, would you say when you were in active disease, how often were you going to the doctor? Well, the progression kind of, the rate of progression sped up as I went along. So, you know, I might've been okay for, gosh, you know, many months for a while. And then near the end there, when I was um, running out of medication to take, I was having a relapse like once a month, once every other month. So I was seeing a doctor pretty frequently. Um, and, you know, it just got to the point where it was like, okay, what do I do now? There's, there's really only one or two more medications that are FDA approved. I'm sure there will be more in the future, but you know, I didn't want to run out of options because then what happens? Right. It's so, such, I, so much uncertainty. Yes. So, you know, being, um, the, the person that I am, I said, screw all that. I'm just going to go get it treated and then I won't have to take medicine anymore. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and so have you had any illness or complications in the past year plus? I I think I had like a little virus, you know, like a common cold kind of thing um, last year, um, I think in last fall maybe. But honestly, not since then. I mean, knock on wood, I I've, I've still have my seasonal allergies that has not gone away. Um, even though my immune system was essentially rebooted, um, but no other, no other sicknesses, thankfully. That's fantastic. Yeah. So did you have any doubts going into it? It sounds like you had your mind made up and that's, that feels good, right? That gives you the courage. I did. I had my mind made up. I, I never, ever felt like I was making the wrong decision once I, once I made it, I was done. Which is so powerful. Did you gain yeah. a superpower while you went through HSCT? I would say I gained a lot of compassion and understanding because, you know, it, it's one of those things that you don't know until you know. <laughs> mm. With the treatment, with the disease, with any kind of autoimmune issue, um, I mean, Yes, you can be there for people, but you don't really understand until you go through it. And so now that I have, I mean, I'm not claiming to know what a cancer patient feels like by any means, but the fact that I went through chemotherapy and went through a lot, you know, some very similar treatment, I, I definitely have a better understanding of what those patients go through and, um, just more compassion toward people in general with slowing down and not being frustrated because somebody um, can't do things quickly or easily. And, um, you know, I just have to remember, oh, yeah, I, I remember how sick I felt and what I went through. I just need to take a step back and take a deep breath and it's, it's all going to be okay. That's so great to expand that awareness, right? And even just being finding commonality in our human experience. Mm -hmm. For sure. I don't 
think of you as like a selfish person ever. Right. So I don't think I noticed that you had any other, uh, any lower level of compassion for others. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you. I think it's more of a, a frustration with myself because I know that I get impatient with people Mm. or I did. And so I think I was so tough on myself. Um, you know, when I felt so bad because just get up, why are you so tired? Just get up and do what you need to do. And I I think that's where it stemmed from just being impatient with myself and seeing it as a weakness when it really wasn't a weakness. It was a disease that I had that I had no control over. Mm. Um, so I don't know that I projected that. I mean, I'm sure maybe I did at times, but for the most part, I don't think I projected it. I think it was just an internal thing. Sure. I can remember those days of, uh, not sleeping well through the night at all. And then waking up to get ready for work and getting in the shower and being so fatigued, like having to mm-hmm. go just and sit and like close my eyes to kind of fall back asleep again. And then realize like, no, you got to get to work. But I was just yeah. so tired. Yeah. And yeah, you are, you're hard on yourself because you just, you don't understand it's the disease robbing you of, of energy. Yeah. And now to have energy and um, feel more like myself and more like, um, you know, being a functioning member of society again, (laughs) that's a, it's a nice change for sure. Isn't that powerful? And now here we're quarantined with COVID. Right. So we're not doing a whole lot of going out and doing things. And maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe we all could slow down a little bit and take a step back. I believe so. I think it's been brilliant, right? It feels very comfortable for me anyway. Now, when everything is back to quote normal, I'll be, we'll be (laughs) ready to go. We'll be raring to get out there. Well, yeah. I mean, what is normal? Right. And so if we can create our own normal and find comfort in that and still feel compassion for others, I think that's a good way to be. Absolutely. So how are you spending your time one year post-transplant that maybe it looks different um, than how you could spend time before you went through HSCT? That's a good question. I think I'm just being more in the moment with spending time with people that I love and doing the things that I love. And now that I can enjoy these things again, um, it's not like, okay, I have to hurry up and do this because I won't have energy to do it much longer. So hurry up and enjoy and then go lie down. It's one of those Mm -hmm. things where now I can actually take the time to feel happy about doing what I'm doing. And that's, uh, yeah, that's a big deal. I didn't really realize that, but (laughs) that is a big deal. Yeah. Just being present. Yes. Yeah. I can remember that disease phase of mind. Like there's just a lot of anxiety driving that like, okay, let's hurry and get through this so that I can just get home and rest. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And there are other things i we were just talking um, with my family the other day. My husband and I were talking, and we were talking about how it's been a year and 
my follow-up and, and all that stuff. And my husband said, you know, I never realized, you know, how much the disease took away from her because she, you know, she would talk to me and she would answer me, but sometimes it wasn't coherent or I knew that she wasn't feeling good and it wasn't, she wasn't herself. And he said he was happy because I was basically coming back. And, um, that, that made me feel so good because I didn't realize how much it affected him too. Mm. Um, I mean, I knew it did because he lives with me. He sees me all the time, but, um, that was, that really hit me. So that was nice. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's that clarity of mind that we're talking through, right? Like, and being fully present and yeah, it's beautiful that he notices. Yeah. I think I'll keep him around for a while. Yeah. He's pretty great. (laughs) So what Mm. could you offer as advice to anyone um, going through some relapses and realizing like they're starting to decline or that the relapses aren't um, something they're willing to put up with any longer? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, be kind to yourself. You've got to respect your body and your mind and just take the time to focus, make a plan, and do your research. And once you've made your plan, go through with it. Um, I'm very much... You know, I've got to have my lists and, you know, here's where I start, here's what's going to happen next, and so on. And I think, especially for people with any kind of cognitive dysfunction, that's very important. Oh, yeah. Um, Because you've got something to follow, you've got that path, and you know where you are. And if you lose your way a little bit, you can find your way back. That's Um, such great advice. Yeah. Yeah, do your research and and have a plan. Those are probably the two biggest things. I could use a strategy like the beginning point and here's what steps to take and and an outcome to look for, right? That's beautiful. So what are you grateful for about your experience with HSCT that maybe has gone unspoken? Mm, I forgot about this question. Mm. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what's unspoken because um, maybe, maybe I haven't expressed enough the thanks I have toward family and and friends, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would say that has to be one thing that I haven't reiterated maybe because they definitely know how I feel and um, I've expressed that gratitude many times, but yeah, maybe it's a, maybe it's a good time to do that some more. Well, it's great that your family was there even while you were in Chicago and away, right? That they were keeping tabs on things and taking care of the house for you. And absolutely have other friends noticed differences a year out. I would say so. Yeah. Um, they, not to the extent that my husband and my family do, of course, but they notice that I have more energy. And maybe are um, showing up more often. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. But yes, I, I'd say so. That's so great. So great. Yeah. I'm glad you found comfort with 
the decision and found your path, right? Because it's never my intention to influence anyone per se, but certainly connect people with information to make their own best Mm -hmm. decision. Yeah. And you, you were there for me from the beginning. And, um, I, if I haven't thanked you enough, thank you, because, um, I, I would not have ever heard about this if I hadn't reconnected with you. So there you go. Another, another, everything happens for a reason moment. Mm -hmm. If, if we hadn't reconnected, I, I don't know where I would be right now, honestly, because I would not have had HSCP done. Maybe, maybe it's possible, but I like to think that, yeah, we've reconnected for a reason and it's a beautiful, beautiful outcome. I I know that's why. I'm so glad to know you. I'm glad to know you too. Thank you. Well, and it just, you know, makes me smile when I think about when we first met and you had to move your senior year of high school, right? I mean, that's... Yeah, the end of my junior year. That was rough. That's really, really rough for anyone to not go through the end of their high school experience with the friends that they've had for so long. And I'm glad we connected. Um, Wasn't there like a disco dance or something that we all dressed up for? (laughs) Well, yes. And I, I think there's a photo... There might be an incriminating photo on Facebook somewhere <laughs> of us in our polyester suits. Yeah. Disco Rama, <laughs> that's what it was. Something like that. Good yeah. times though. Good times. <laughs> it was. So mm-hmm. good to know you and be connected with you again. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me on too. Oh my gosh, it's just a joy to connect with you and share your story. And I'm so glad you were one of the last class, right, of of Dr. Burt's before he took sabbatical. I think so many people think that he's closed up shop. And while Northwestern is not currently offering HSCT, in my mind, the possibilities are endless and he's still there. So who knows what's to come? Yeah. I, I think that's, um, it's really nothing but a good thing for him, for the community, um, for anyone with an autoimmune disease, really, because he's going to be bringing his knowledge and experience to so many more people now. Yeah, I'm excited to see what he's coming up with. Yeah. Be sure to visit hsctwarriorspodcast.com, where you can find notes from today's episode, submit ideas or feedback, and connect with resources of the HSCT Warriors Incorporated nonprofit. As always, special thanks to musical genius Billy Allen Salzer for sharing his superpowers to create the soundtrack, edit, and produce the audio to make this podcast possible. You can find us both when you subscribe on SoundCloud iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find your podcasts. It's been so great to connect with warriors worldwide, and we would love to hear from you about how the podcast has helped your journey with autoimmune disease. Take a moment to connect with us on Instagram or share this episode with someone you know that would enjoy listening. In the meantime, we hope you'll tune in next Wednesday for another episode 
highlighting another HSCT warrior. Until then, be a snowflake and embrace your superpowers. Be kind, be well. John Stansberry Koenig and the producers disclaim medical influence and responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained in the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, please contact a licensed physician. 